at your feet, just like lies the guy. There goes that Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he sway from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes that Spider-Man. This is episode 266 for December 2013. That song is rockin'. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our regular panel show with the gang. Let's see who we've got on the line. JR, you're driving hopefully the speed limit while I'm talking to you. What's going on, JR? <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've been through the airport today. You've been, on, you've been flying uh, Osborne Air, huh? Yeah, or tombs there. What's going on, Kev? We've got Kevin on the line. Oh, nothing much. Just uh, preparing for another night of uh, staying up late with the Crawl Space Gang like I love. No doubt. This is not two nights in a row you and I have done this. My goodness. We did last night with George. Yeah, I don't think we realized what we were in for when we ended up splitting that show and the two of us are pulling double duty. <laughs> I know. My God. Donovan, what's going on, sir? Hello. Happy holidays. For- Amen. Yes, indeed. You got all your Christmas shopping done yet, Don? I barely started. <laughs> About two weeks in, I, I have a lot of shopping to do. Same here, same here. Chris, what's going on, Chris? Hello. I'm uh, just here in freezing cold Colorado, hoping to warm up with some warm-hearted Spider-Man discussion. There you go. What's the temp outside? Oh, I don't know, but earlier in the week... Sing- single digits? Earlier in the week, it was in the negative double digits. Oh, Ooh. good grief. Man. And we have uh, Bertoni. What's going on, sir? Yeah, I don't know about all of you cold people freezing your butts off, but there's been this meme going around Facebook where it's um, a picture of the weather map of the United States, and it says, we really hate you, Florida, because we've had 80-degree weather all week. All right, uh, let's start off the show with some iTunes reviews. I don't think I've done this the last couple months, but uh, we're hopping around the globe for this one. Uh, the first one I'm going to read is a wonderful review, and I really appreciate the guy. Tygeen, I think is his name. I hope I got it right. We're going to the UK for this review. Uh, he says, or she says, I'm not sure. Uh, I've been a Spider-Man fan for over 30 years, and I've been listening to this podcast since episode 42, the JMD Mateus interview, moderated with consummate ease by Brad Douglas. Thank you very much. The panel is full of strong personalities with strong, frequented, uh, frequently a opposed views. That's one of the great strengths of the show, even though the panel has gone through some changes and the former panelists are missed. The debates have remained lively and thought-provoking, often providing an alternative perspective worth consideration. That's not to say you'll agree with all their conclusions, but it's always good to have your point of view challenged. Last month's episodes were a great example of what the show does well. Spider Satellites encouraged me to try some books I'd assumed weren't worth reading, and the 250th episode was a great insight into spider history from a couple of the members of the team. Really great listening. Linking to the first interview I heard on the show, J.M.D. Mateus talked about changes in the books that you don't like and said you shouldn't judge the change, you should judge the stories that tell from them. I stuck with the books through Brand New Day and Big Time, even when it seemed frequently that Marvel had forgotten how to relate to Peter Parker. The panel are doing what I couldn't 
know and given the books a chance through Octavius's time as Peter. I can't bring myself to actively support the books following the events of Amazing 700. But the podcast and the forum reviews keep me connected and involved as I await the return of Peter to the book. And in the meantime, Crawl Space gives honest, insightful opinions and keeps an open mind about the storytelling. Five years on, I'm still enjoying the work. Thanks for all your efforts. Highly recommended podcast. Thank you very much. I, wasn't that well written? I wow, just think that yeah. was su- such a very, very nice uh, review from the UK. What was the person then? Uh, Tygene, T-I-J-E-A-N. Thank you very much, Tygene. I'm, I'm glad I that mean, like, you're a long-time listener. Yeah, and thanks for the comments on Spider Satellites. I really appreciate that. And glad you read some stuff. No doubt. I bet you it was Superior Foes. I, I hope mean, so. I was thought? hoping when I was, <laughs> when I was hearing that. Who would have thought? And Jr. he loves spider history. Well, that's good. That's good. Glad to you, hear that somebody gotta, does. Someone in the UK loves your ass, Jr. <laughs> that was also the Liz Allen episode, the one that he was complimenting. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, Canada for this next one. Good day, eh? Uh, Good day, uh, Coochie, K-U-C-H-I. Am I got Coochie? <laughs> Coochie twenty five. Okay. I I I hope I'm uh, not insulting you, Mister K-U-C-H-I twenty five. I and quote Spiderific is this podcast. Quote I first stumbled on the podcast when I first looked up Jeopardy in the App Store. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I was hooked. Needless to say, I was hooked, and I looked forward to new episodes every month. And I'm always listening to episodes from before I start to listen. And thanks to you all, can't wait for Spider Jeopardy 2013. So that you've is got awesome. your wish. Found us through looking for Jeopardy. How awesome is that, Bertoni? That's not really cool. <laughs> That's um really really strange. Like, was did he just happen to be a Spider Man fan? I'm assuming like. <laughs> Don't know. He, he wasn't just what like happened? a Jeopardy fanboy who said, well, I'll give this Spider-Man thing a shot and then became an instant fan. What happens in iTunes in Canada when you type in Jeopardy? Evidently, this show appears. I love it. Another one from uh, Zachman1998. Uh, five out of five stars. Quote, love listening to the podcast every month, and you guys are great for long trips. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. Well, that's how we had a negative review. Uh, don't don't encourage that. We've had negatives over the over the years. God and, knows. And, uh, oh, we'll, prob- God we'll, knows. we'll probably get one for something that we say this episode, inevitably. Oh, no doubt. Uh, let's go back to Don. The- yeah. <laughs> We're going back to the good old U.S. of A. for this next two. Uh, S. Diddy. Uh, Big Ups is the subject title. <laughs> five out of five stars. If you have only one choice for a comic book podcast, this is the one. These guys wax intellectual about all things Spider-Man and have a lot of fun doing it. Their friendships are sincere, as is their treatment of the iconic wall crawler. I like that one, S. Diddy. Very nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Anthony Love, five out of five stars, his review. He says, quote, I've been a Spider-Man fan since I was two. I'm now 21, and it's great to hear a well-knowledgeable group of people on a fun, enjoyable Spider-Man podcast. No doubt, the best Spidey podcast out there. With that said, my girlfriend blames you for me never texting her back. So So please do us both a favor and keep them coming. (laughs) Wait, what? How is that doing them both a favor? I don't understand. Uh, Evidently, he, he... <laughs> he doesn't want to talk to his girlfriend. Maybe He'd rather hang like out. what he said. Uh, if he looked at her back. Yeah, like, Man. how is it a favor to her? 
Yeah, we're, we're ruining relationships and saving them all at the same time. Okay, if you're listening to this podcast right now, anyone, and your girlfriend has texted you, we do not yes. advocate not texting her back. Text your woman. Text your woman back. It will Unless be better. you're married. <laughs> you can always here. You can always put pause on this podcast. You can't put pause on a woman. I'll tell you right now. You can do menopause, but not no, never. Mind. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> I'm up, knock him out. Anyway, uh, thank you for everybody across the planet. I guess yeah. UK, Can- UK, Canada, and US of A. Uh, I, I occasionally try to read some of the, I, it, It's hard to there's hard to find the ones uh, from around the world because in iTunes you have to go and change your your uh, location of where you are. I wish iTunes would just combine them all and and on the reviews so I could see them all at once. Yeah, but it's uh, stupid as if what Americans don't care about the opinions of English people. Who who thinks that iTunes? I know <laughs> iTunes. I wish they'd fix that. But anyway, uh, please submit an iTunes review. We'll uh, read it on the air. I think we've read every single one. All right, that we can find. find. There's like a bunch of unread reviews in Japan, and in Japan, JR is like a huge sex symbol. (laughs) Much like in America. Yes. Well, that's enough to make me go get the Rosetta Stone to learn Japanese then. (laughs) Before we uh, tackle news, uh, Chris has an announcement about a year end project we're going to do. So, Chris, take it away. What are we doing? All right. Well, historically on the crawl space, there's been a bit of a tradition called the Crawley Awards. Uh, it was started, I think, by Zach on the message board, and he has kindly lended the name um, for this. But what we are going to do is give our year-end awards in various Spider-Man-related categories on the podcast. And in addition to that, we are asking you, the listeners, to submit your votes in each of the categories that we are opening for voting to uh, help us decide who our listener's choice pick for each of the categories is. And um, so I'm going to explain the rules and the um, categories and the voting procedures. Uh, First, I'm just going to start with the general rules that apply to every category. So first of all, this awards show is intended to focus on Spider-Man. That means in order to be eligible in each category, a candidate has to be Spider-Man related, which you know, interpret that fairly broadly. We're including Spider-Man and everybody associated with Spider-Man, like Morbius and Venom and so on. But, you know, base your votes focusing on Spider-Man. So if the category is Best Writer and you're thinking about um, Brian Bendis, you're not thinking about Guardians of the Galaxy, you're thinking about um, Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man. And if you're, uh, if you're thinking your favorite title of the year might be Hickman's Avengers, it better be because you just love that scene where Spider-Man ate that guy's snack because that is the <laughs> only um, scene where Spider-Man was in it this year. Um, nice. so, and also consider, consider only candidates from 2013. Um, that means, uh, you know, no earlier than January 1st, 2013, no later than uh, December 31st, 2013. And... Um, so here's a, a bit of the, the twist. Um, candidates from all of Spider-Man media are eligible, and they compete in the same categories against one another. So if you're, the category is your favorite writer, you can pick a comic book writer, a cartoon writer, the writer of the Lego Marvel video game to the extent that involves Spider-Man, and so forth. 
Uh, that said, these categories are definitely designed with comics in mind, so you're not going to see any category for like best video game level or best action figure. I think next year with the movie coming out, it makes more sense then to expand into categories specific to another medium. But I want to keep it to the comics because that's the one thing all of us on this panel have in common and we're all enthusiastic about. Um, so here are your categories. Uh, I'll post a written version of these rules on the message board pretty soon, but I wanted to announce it first on the podcast. Um, so the first category is your favorite lead character, which means your favorite character who is the star of their own book or their own TV show. It can be Otto, it can be Morbius, it can be Venom, and so on. Uh, the second category is your favorite supporting character. The third category is your favorite villain and the fourth category, which is the last character-based category, is your favorite new character. That is a character who debuted in 2013 or is a character that debuted for the first time in a new continuity in 2013, like someone who's showing up for the first time in the Ultimate Universe or someone who's showing up for the first time in the cartoon. Um, so for the character-based categories, the same character can be eligible for multiple categories. Some lead characters are also villains. Most villains are also supporting characters. Um, category five is best writer. Um, category six is the best artist. And we're just lumping all the artists into one just practically, um, you know, to have a separate category for colorist, inker, letter, etc. It would get a little bit unwieldy. So we're just going to keep it simple and accessible. Best artist, one category for that. Um, the next category is best cover. The um, next category after that is your favorite single issue or episode of a, if it's the cartoon. The um, ninth category is best story. So that's a story of any length. It can be one issue, two issues, however long. Um, and the final and our big best picture analog is uh, best series. So for the voting procedure, uh, I'd like you, all you listeners, and uh, hopefully as many of you as possible do this, um, email your selections for each of the categories I just said to uh, a new email account that I created just for this. It's called crawlspaceawards at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-W-L-S-P-A-C-E-A-W-A-R-D-S. Uh, it's at gmail.com, and um, it's all one word, lowercase. It should be pretty easy to remember. Uh, so for each category, if you're a listener voting, you may vote up for to uh, three candidates for each category, and you can rank them from your first choice, your second choice, and your third choice, and your first choice will get more points weighted towards it than the other ones. I just think that gives a better opportunity for people to uh, give us the overall feeling of all the titles rather than just going by a bare plurality vote. Um, so your first choice will be allowed three points. Your second choice will be allowed two points. Your third choice will be allowed one point. And make sure you number your rankings. Um, you can vote for less than three candidates for a category if you wish, but rank the categories you do put down or rank the candidates you put down. Um, you do not have to vote in every category. When voting, ask yourself if there is any possibility of confusion on what you're voting for. If so, you know, be specific. There are so many continuities and titles and, and uh, mediums around that it could get confusing, and I reserve the right to make any logical assumptions about what you're talking about. Um, for a voting deadline, it's a little bit to be determined, but because uh, we don't know exactly when we're going to record our January podcast, 
but I know the 25th of December is the last Wednesday of the year, so all the comics will be out by then. And a week after that is the first. That's a holiday, so we'll go to the second. I will guarantee you that everything sent by the second of January will be counted. And if we record later in the month and there's more time, I will post an announcement on the website. And uh, the winners will be announced on our uh, next um, January podcast. Voting is open to all, except for the people who are sitting here in this chat with me right now. You'll get to give your own choices, so we'll give everybody else a chance to decide. It's uh, The cool. address is crawlspaceawards at gmail.com, and uh, I hope everybody votes. You did really good with that. that. Thank you for taking on that project. That's awesome. No problem. I'm excited. That'll be fun. Now, this we're going to talk news before we do reviews. Reviews will be the next show that I release. But uh, this is what everybody's been talking about. It lit up the Internet. The uh, Spider-Man trailer came out. We've got different topics we're going to talk about the trailer. First, we're going to do it in a chronological order. What was uh, released in November, someone snapped a cell phone picture, it looked like, from a movie theater of a uh, three panels where they put... Uh, uh, three different images in three different frames, or maybe it was just hanging on a wall, come to think of it. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was a wall, not a theater. Yeah. And um, it was advertising the uh, the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie coming out. And everybody was zooming in, trying to trying to figure out uh, who was in the trailer, etc. So uh, Bertoni's going to lead us off a little bit on the beginning of the poster talk. Tell me a bit about uh, what, what uh, we saw there. Well, we saw from a distance, um, because there's been better versions of it since then, but when we initially saw this image, we saw the Spider-Man's back, and he was facing um, from left to right, uh, Rhino, and then in the middle, from a distance, somebody that was, you know, floating on a glider, a goblin, who superimposed people, thought that it looked more like Harry than Norman, and uh, the, the trailer later clarified that position, and Electro... And usually, my first instinct when I see these movie trailers is that they're fake, because these fake movie trailers have become more elaborate and uh, a lot more detailed. Some of them look better than the real ones. Like, there's a new fake Star Wars Episode Seven trailer, every, trailer um, poster every other day. And yeah. uh, so I was waiting for something to come out about this, but the the details on the costume and the details on... Some of the other stuff led me to speculate that this might, in fact, be real, and later events confirmed that it was. But what did you all think of it? Did this look real when you saw it? Yeah, it looked real for me. I also did. What about the rest of you? My, my initial thought when these kind of things kind of leak is that they're fake. That's like that's my my knee jerk reaction. I thought this was fake. Um, it kind of looked like a little bit too merchandisey. Like there, were, this is an image of a backpack or something. Um, it's actually kind of hard for me even now to consider this an actual poster, but uh, in terms of the image, um, it looks cool. I'm, I'm more amazed by Spider-Man's costume than anything else because I still think it looks really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's I okay. Agree. One of the things people often commented: this is the first look of the Rhino that we've seen. What, what do you think of that, Josh? It's it doesn't surprise me because isn't this yeah. this is the Rhino that we've gotten? Um, in the Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man video game, and whenever they do, like, even in, um, uh, Brand New Day, didn't they have a rhino that was like this, like a huge mechanical one, who, who yeah. fought the old rhino, and then the old rhino's wife died? It's, I haven't read that story in years, but I, I know even... He wasn't really mechanical, I mean, he, he was bigger and maybe a little bit metally, but he was nothing like this. 
I, I feel like I've seen a metal rhino in the comics, but I, I could be wrong. Spider-Man you know, so. has a, a metal rhino. It's just it's not this sort of uh, the form of an actual rhino like this is. You know, the thing it's is, more I of don't a, think a technological version of the original rhino. I don't think we're used to seeing him on all fours running. I think we're li- used to him being upright on two legs, etc. The way that the poster was, it's like I, I didn't even I didn't even notice that he was on all fours. To be honest, I thought that was just like mm-hmm. the positioning of his body at that moment, mm-hmm. like, like as if he was charging. You know, he was like crouching. Right. Honestly, like I I think that like if people are going to. Cr- <laughs> George didn't like this. <laughs> it's just to get it out there. But I, I think that people who like George may be expecting the Ramita Rhino. I don't think that was ever realistic to expect because as much as we might have an affinity for that original costume, that's just way too goofy of a look. And so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I love this, but, you know, I'm fine with it because it's still the Rhino that he's going to be fighting. So it's, it's, it's okay. I don't care enough about the Rhino to have a strong opinion on his costume in the movie, to be honest. I, I, I was a little more distressed that, to be confirmed that we were getting the Goblin, because as much as I like Goblins, I, I worry, because the failing of superhero movies is usually when they add too many villains. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, eventually Sony did release... Uh, an official image, <laughs> not a not a grainy cell phone picture, and uh, they released a trailer a couple of days later. So, Chris, tell 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 me a bit about your thoughts on the trailer when you first saw it. Well, there was so much in that trailer that it's yeah. like it's hard to unpack. So, it was an awesome trailer. I agree. It was just incredible. I thought. Um, you know, it, I, I guess. Do you want me to run through what happens in it, or do you want me to just start? Well, talking well about you, give me give me some give me some thoughts of what what you liked about the trailer. What well, stood out pro to con you? Con I mean, okay, well, <laughs> pro con right. and grade. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> pro, I don't know. I I love Spider Man costume. Um, the uh, you know the the action looks just fun as hell with the, all the scenes of the shocker blowing things up in it. It just it's just visually amazing, especially that not the shocker. What am I thinking? The, the electro, uh, the electro, whatever. They're the Fox same, same, the same difference. Um, <laughs> Shut up! This is where we're gonna get our negative reviews <laughs> from, like the shocker's biggest fan. <laughs> the shocker vibrates things, not electrocutes them. Um, Tell that to Matt Kent. But <laughs> ooh, zing! Um, Damn. I, I don't know that 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 scene with Electro blasting at Spider-Man and him swinging around is is really cool. Oh, yeah. uh, there's there's just some interesting stuff like when uh, Peter is looking at the computer and his dad is has like a message saying, you know, I found out what Oscorp was using my research for, and then it cuts to someone walking past Doc Ock's arms and the Vulture's wings and cases. It's just oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Like well, a sort of blink as you miss it, uh, scene is when there are like six numbered doors all opening at the same time. And, um, however, however, I, I was going to talk about that. There's seven doors. Everybody keeps saying six. I only there's saw number, six. There's seven. There's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a number seven right next to it. Which makes here, here's my theory. Possibly, um, uh, Harry is going to die in this one. And Norman is re- uh, rejuvenated or something, and comes out that seventh door. Hmm. 
Well, or it could easily... I mean, I, my assumption is that, you know, that we are all leading up to Norman being the Green Goblin in the next movie, but that, yeah. would, that would still be the same thing. It's possible that you could have a Sinister Six and the Green Goblin as more of a background leader, not really one of the six. Mm, yeah. Works for me. Right. I'm just, I, um, it's not we, like a theory I've had before or anything. I'm just saying it's possible. Fa- favorite scene, Chris? What, what's one of your favorite th- scenes? Oh, in well, in the ch- just... As a trailer scene, the uh, electro blasting Spider-Man um, is uh, my favorite. Um, the uh, scene between Harry and Norman, uh, implying that maybe they're in cahoots somehow, I thought was interesting. Uh, the vulture wings and the Doctor Octopus arms was obviously really uh, an exciting tease. Um, I kind of do feel the way that Josh does about them packing so much into this movie. I can see why they cut out Mary Jane, but even still, I mean, like, we're actually probably, I mean, we've seen a scene in this trailer of Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin, so there's definitely three villains in this um, Mm -hmm. movie that Spider-Man fights, you know, three real villains. Let's open it up to the panel. Uh, Name something else you liked about the trailer that hasn't already been discussed. There's not been a single moment in terms of the fight scenes where Spider-Man has his mask off. Awesome. Yeah, true. <laughs> After all these years, finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit more seriously, though. Spider-Man too. A little bit more seriously, yeah. though. Um, I, I'm actually kind of kind of entertained by how Harry's played in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And I said this a lot on Facebook, but like the way Dale DeHaan kind of looks and the way that he's playing the character is pretty much the same guy from the MTV show. That really smarmy kind of like, you know, Peter's like, well, why is Oscar after me? He's like, well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? It's like, I don't know why. That, you, that, that makes me you, laugh. You mean the Harry Osborne voice by Ian Ziering from Sharknado? Oh, is that you using that That's movie? a really insulting way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, and, and 90210, yeah. Well, we, we actually, like, um, do you guys... If you want to have Harry Osborn in a movie, how would you prefer him to be played? Like, like the that's a good that's a good question. I like the I like the slimy kind of kind of like a slice of uh, uh, what's the analogy I'm looking similar to his father, I guess is what. I think there's a Jr. How, how do you how do you like your Harry? That sounds bad. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, well, let's see here. I prefer that. Uh, well, I don't I don't like to see it on a woman's legs. I prefer a woman shave her legs. Um, <laughs> I, I guess. I, I guess. Oh, oh, we weren't talking about that kind of Harry. Um, no. You know, um, I, 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 uh, I, I like this kind of uh, kind of little cre- this kind of creepy looking Harry, and you know, just the. Uh, I mean, I, I'm glad that you know, for example, in the in the uh, the Raimi films, I'm glad they kind of went up against type and, and cast a fairly, uh, you know, they cast somebody like James Franco, you know. Uh, and a, you know, an attractive guy, you know, and didn't, you know, quite stick to the comic book canon. But now, as that we're do- redoing it, I'm glad they've kind of got some, somebody a little more Weasley looking and yeah. and uh, sinister looking, and uh, you know, you Harry's can use more not a pretty boy. Huh? James Franco's Harry's not a pretty boy. I don't. No, think. no, no. He wasn't. Uh, no, no. He's yeah. not. He's not. But uh, but I. Look you know, For various reasons. For various reasons, I still liked uh, James Franco's Harry. But yeah. no, I'm glad they kind of went back to the. Uh, and and this guy looks like he could be, you know, mean and uh, and, yeah. and sleazy and and kind of crooked too. Whereas like comic book Harry, I always I I never felt he would make an effective criminal. This guy, on the other hand, yeah. 
What's your opinion, Jr., of them going with Harry over Norman, uh, supposedly, with this? Well, it, it's hard to tell. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, you didn't really get a good look at the, the guy in the Goblin Glider. I mean, it probably is Harry, uh, but I guess, you know, it's not 100% certain that it has to be. Um, but that doesn't bother me. You know, that doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Anything else that uh, you guys liked about the trailer that uh, we haven't discussed? My favorite yet? bit was uh, at the end when uh, <laughs> Jimmy Fox is like saying, like you know, um, soon the world will know uh, uh, a time without like mercy or a time without power, a time without Spider-Man. Like for some reason that really excited me because <laughs> it's, it's such a super villain line. But and then you cut to like the video game scene of him like dodging all the lightning bolts. Uh, this. I gotta say, this one did not get me as excited as the first movie's trailers did. I know everybody here hated the first trailer, but like I liked the first trailer to the movie, and um, I, I'm still in t- down for this movie. I'm still excited for it, but in compared to like X Men or Captain America, this wasn't as exciting for me. But I still I still liked it a lot, and the action looks really good, and the costumes awesome. So, one of my favorites that hasn't been discussed yet. I I love the opening scene where he's dropping from the sky. And that costume that kicks so much ass is just flapping in the wind. I mean, we saw it teased before the trailer came out, but I still adore how it it uh, starts in black and then it fades into the red of the back of the spider, and then you just see that costume flapping in the wind, and you hear a thwip. Oh yeah, I just uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think that's one of the first times we've really seen the costume as like a piece of cloth that moves on him rather than just like exactly. the coloring on yes. his body. You know? mm-hmm. That was well done. Yeah, um, my favorite part of the trailer, not surprisingly, is uh, the Easter egg we saw later once people had gotten screen caps of it of the uh, <laughs> the the little like thing of files that Harry showed uh, and it includes a Dr. Morbius file. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, after the uh, the one actor that said he was going to be playing Morbius and this got debunked, maybe they were like, "Well, not a bad idea," uh, <laughs> and it makes sense. He's a doctor; he can be working at uh, at Oscorp. You know, they can tie it all in. They've got a Doctor Connors file in there too to reference back to that. They've got an Eel Lab file on here to reference. It looks like the way they're creating Electro. Um, they've also got Venom storage. Which uh, seems, I'd say, to be hearkening back to the Ultimate Universe version of Peter Parker's dad creating the Venom symbiote. And, you know, Peter Parker's dad seems to be tied into Oscorp here, so it's very possible he did create it and they've got it stored up somewhere. Any thoughts? Do you think Venom will be part of the Sinister Six? I don't know about that. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly possible. Um, Plenty of people before have not learned from history. um, (laughs) I I think when you you go back and look at Spider-Man 3, you might want to say, maybe we should remove him from that sort of thing. Um, I... I wonder with the fact that um, you know they've talked about doing some spin-off movies for other characters, other supporting Spider-Man characters. Um, their Flash Thompson just in the first movie was I, I think a surprisingly good character for only having, you know, a short three scenes. And he was yeah. more of a developed uh, decent guy than we've seen from Flash Thompson and say the Raimi movies, and you know if they're thinking about spinoffs, I almost wonder if we might see Agent Venom pop up at some point. That would work really well cinematically. Come to think of it, I think it would. Yeah. Like the I, Agent I, Venom concept. 
And I think they, like I say, I think I like the way they were doing Flash in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, so it, that would definitely help me buy it. Um, I think it would definitely be something where they would probably want to have um, Venom be a villain in a movie first, and then maybe you know segue into Flash getting it at the end or you know something like that. But I'm just saying they're they're definitely seeding things. There's a lot of possibilities, a lot of different directions to go here, but it's cool to see all the stuff they're thinking about. That the only spinoff character that I've heard uh, is Venom. I mean, they they haven't said, oh, there's going to be a Black Cat spinoff movie, or there could be X Y Z. Venom is the only character I I've heard of rumored for years. Yeah, Venom is somebody I, that keeps coming up, especially you know yeah. Spider Man three and whatnot. And even there was a point where David Goyer was writing a script for a Venom movie that was supposed to be completely divorced from the Spider Man concept entirely, and that sounded like it would suck. Um, and I don't. Do you think of any other characters that could support their own movie? Like, like Wolverine is the biggest of the X Men that has supported his two movies. And the yeah, I think, and, and you know, the X Men they yeah. kind of thought of doing some other. They they announced spinoff movie, well, not spinoff movies, but standalone movies for Magneto and even Emma Frost, but then didn't do them. Uh, like the Magneto origin movie uh, kind of morphed into a part of First Class. Um, so I think it might be a thing where their eyes are bigger than their belly. Um, you know, they they might think, well, there's all these great supporting characters like Black Cat and whatnot. Could totally do a movie, and you get there and you realize Black Cat isn't really her own movie. Um, yeah. Now, I'm, at least you know, 15 years ago, when uh, David Goyer wanted to use Morbius as the villain for Blade Two, he was told he couldn't because they might want to do a Morbius movie. So Marvel has considered at some point before making a Morbius movie. Who knows? Morbius, uh, Venom. What about Superior Foes? I think that'd be a hilarious movie. I, I don't see any way you could introduce it well enough with the, with the resources and time they have in the movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, if you could directly translate what they do in the comic book and give it, make it have any connection to anything for movie fans, that'd be great. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and you, you know, maybe, maybe there's a Prowler movie coming. <laughs> he laughed. The Willow. How, how about the Swarm movie? <laughs> <laughs> Killer bees, baby. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is in the studio right now recording Bees yeah. in a Cape. <laughs> Any other trailer talk you guys want to talk about that I missed? I think we've, we've hit there's, the... There's, uh, oh, go, first. Oh, go ahead. Uh, there was a blog that's been making the rounds on the message boards and Facebook, like, list of things that this trailer, that or not even, they don't even say the trailer, that, like, the movie, which they can tell from the trailer, rips off from past Spider-Man movies already, and the list is, like, really, really grasping at straws. It's like, Spider-Man has a fight with a Green Goblin in a, in a warehousey background. And um, but but the biggest like grasping at straws one of all is they they show the scene where he's with Gwen Stacy and they say Peter Parker late yet again rip off <laughs> rip off so, of the comics it, rip yeah. off of Spider Man <laughs> trope but yeah I saw this trailer um one morning um um I was getting one of the kids ready for school and like he saw me watching and then when it was funny he's like let's watch this again and I was like heck yeah and I think we saw it three times that morning. Um, yeah. I, I don't usually get excited about superhero movie trailers anymore, but this is the best trailer that I've seen for a Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 3. Of course, we've only had one trailer since then, but I mean, like, of all the trailers for all five of the Spider-Man movies, I think this one and the Spider-Man 3 trailer were the most exciting. Yeah. I still think she's going to die. Uh, yeah, yeah, because cause she wore her Halloween costume. Go she's going to die in two or three, what do you think? I think, honestly, I, I think that Gwen's going to die in this one, because... 
uh, what Garfield says in the narration says, you know, the more I'm Spider-Man, the more I realize that the harder I try to save people, the more powerful my enemies are that I cannot overcome. That's basically saying, yeah, the third act is going to die. What what do you think of um, doing the Empire Strikes Back where we have a shock ending to continue to three? And the the only one I think we could really do that would really make you want to just immediately see the next one is uh, the Gwen falling off the bridge and it being the actual Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. What do you think of that? Or or maybe they end it with him finding out something about his parents. That that would be a cliffhanger. Norman Osborn you know, wearing the Harry Osborn ha- having. They could end it having built up to, you know, Norman Osborn. You know, we built up for two movies, and Norman Osborn finally, you know, takes some kind of serum, gets his health back, and it's, you know, it's on. It's on with Peter, yeah. I Maybe don't think he steals his son's suit or something, I don't know. I, I think Gwen's going to make it till three, because they're clearly building up to both a Sinister Six and probably Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin in the third one. And if Electro has already killed Gwen, then what worse thing can the Six and Norman do to him in three? Do you think they'd really make Electro kill Gwen? I don't, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah. I hope they don't. Well, and if they're saving Mary Jane for the next movie, then they could have Mary Jane doing that epic scene from Amazing 122. Like, how awesome would that scene be, live action? As long as Andrew Garfield can pull off crying better than Tobey Maguire. <laughs> He's already proven that he can. That. <laughs> That's funny. Um, let's. There was also Kevin. Kevin uh, had a funny line about this. Now trailers come out with uh, commentary. <laughs> so after uh, this uh, trailer came out, the cast and crew, Garfield and uh, Mark, uh, Mark Webb and Jamie Foxx, had a little commentary. Don, tell me a bit about that. I, I don't know why they did this. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's different, though. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's not awful. but like it's just, No, it's, it's not it's, bad. It's certainly like we're, we're in a different age, aren't we? Um, yeah, like dude. he legitimately played the trailer and paused and says, yes, this scene right here, this is what we were thinking. Um, mm-hmm. Garfield specifically, like, was, he legitimately apparently was on the ledge of a building, but he said he had, like, invisible harnesses, uh, CGI'd out, and he said, like, <laughs> Josh tells a funny story where, like, he talks about leaping off at, at, at any moment, um, when he's on that ledge. Yeah, that was kind of odd. Yeah! Am I right? It he's really like, was. yeah, you, yeah. Know, you, know, you know how when you're on top of a building and you get that urge to commit suicide? You all know what I'm talking about, right? Because this, <laughs> this, this is something that everyone feels. Right, guys? No. Am I right? No. Right? No? no? Nobody? Just me? Okay. <laughs> I have a fear, a fear of falling. Not not a urge. Want to, <laughs> an urge to jump. Gar- damn, Garfield. Well, it, it must, it's probably something, you know, from an actor who has now played Spider-Man for two movies. Like, I just want to jump off this building and do some web swinging, yo. But it came out well, wrong. He, yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't say it that way. I'll tell you right now. That way. <laughs> no, it was definitely like, I want to jump off this bitch. I'm sure it's, he's not actually suicidal, but, like, you know, he could have um, articulated his thoughts a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But it was kind of neat to hear what they were thinking. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, um, uh, Was there any info in the DVD, or not DVD commentary, but the commentary of the trailer that was new or anything? Uh, I'm trying. I actually only saw it once, but um, I'm trying he, to. He, he revealed Spider-Man's mood in the last shot of the movie. Right? Did he really? 
Yeah, because didn't he say that that's the last scene of the movie or the last shot of the movie? Or maybe he meant it was the last shot that was filmed. Um, think, that oh, yeah, the, the scene of him on the lake. That's the way I took it, yeah. And he says, and he, he talked about how Peter's feeling and what Peter's going through in that, like, last shot. So we did you see, can think of that what you will. We did see Peter at a graveyard. It's, it's probably Uncle Ben, but it could be Gwen Stacy, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter Parker in graveyards doesn't really tell you much specific. <laughs> um, Peter Parker and, loves him some graveyards. <laughs> The commentary revealed <laughs> more than Harry, Ghost Rider. <laughs> it revealed Harry's relationship with Peter that they were childhood chums who uh, used to be best friends, but they uh, eventually went to different schools, and that this is their first time seeing each other in years. Yeah, man, you must have been reading some Stan Lee comics recently to pull out the word chums on us. <laughs> I, I, I've been going through a list of comics for a, a Gwen Stacy post, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> so some guy on our Facebook page got into a fight with me over it, but that's that's a talk for later. Um, any thoughts on the commentary? Anything that stood out for anybody else? Who's a commentary um, on a trailer, dude? <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, Is there anything that like we did not like that we saw in the trailer at all? That's true. Anything else? Besides the rhino, I don't like the four-legged rhino, and they didn't show very much of the rhino in the trailer. That's the thing for me. I saw the rhino on the the poster and was like, oh, that looks stupid. But then I remembered that I haven't seen it in motion and full CGI live action yet. And, you know, these kind of things, judging them off a still image usually just is pointless. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, It's like, you know... Uh, if you if you hey this is oh there's a if you told somebody who's not familiar with the comics oh there's a villain called the Rhino and uh, here's what it looks in the movie okay well he's looked in the comic books and you showed him like the cover image of his first appearance oh. it would probably laugh oh yeah dude oh, yeah. the, the Ramita version never ever ever would have worked in live action but it's not a one to one that if the Ramita version doesn't work it has to be this one you know the Ramita oh, version wouldn't have worked on... but I still think this one looks stupid. George really keeps on making the the lizard argument. What do you all think of that? The lizard argument. I haven't heard George argue it, so I don't know. Oh, really? He keeps on meant that like we've had the lizard in the movie at, as he was in the comics. So what's wrong with doing it with the rhino? Like, the is the, is the, in the comics is a, is a Russian guy in a wacky costume. Uh, you know, you know I, I've seen them update the rhino costume from the uh, the Ramita version and putting more tech on his arms and etc. I, I, I think you could pull it off. I, I honestly do. I, they do it in video games. The uh, yeah, I still think even the even the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book version where it's you know it's it's very much yeah. a mechanical rhino suit. I yeah. still can't envision Paul Giamatti's face sticking out of the, the head of a mechanical rhino suit. <laughs> it would look ridiculous. Well, the thing is, the rhino is is a bigger bodybuilder kind of type than Paul Giamatti. Yeah, they hired him anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they hired him anyway. They found an award-winning and nominated actor who really wanted to play the rhino. I don't care what his body type is. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll, he'll act in the hell out of that Decepticon. But... Uh, <laughs> We need to see more than just this one shot from the poster, which I think was a little... It wasn't a terribly clear shot to begin with. I was looking at it like, where the hell are the eyes? I don't see the... What is this? Uh, I think there's going to be multiple modes for it. I mean, we've clearly seen images of uh, Paul Giamatti standing straight up in what was part of a harness before it was CGI'd. I think it's going to have that. It's going to have a charging mode. There's probably going to be a helmet that comes down over his head, and he can have it up, too. You know, I think there's a lot to this we don't know yet. Uh, besides the rhino, anything else, Khan, that we didn't like? Um, I did think that like some of the action looked a bit video gamey, 
But then I remember that, like, when I first saw the trailer for Spider-Man 2, I thought some of the Spider-Man movements looked look a bit too fake. But in the movie, they actually look better than they do in the trailer, so that's not really giving me any pause or anything. Right. And we've got a, a plot synopsis. JR, you, you, you got this topic a little bit. Tell me about, they released a f- few blurbs, probably what they're going to write on the back of the DVD, if I had to guess. I'm sorry, were you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I'm I'm trying to. Uh, I'm, I'm. There we there go. There we go. Oh, you got me now. Hold on. Let me let me hang up on your phone. Hold on. All right. Now talk, Jr. Oh, okay. Uh, there you are. There you are. Go ahead. Yeah, I was uh, busy trying to join the join the call, and uh, you know, I had the, the the Skype call chatting thing talking at me, and. Uh, I was just having trouble. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Let me let me find the uh, let me find the uh, the synopsis of the plot that you had on the the crawl space here. Because otherwise, I was just going to wing it, and it was really going to sound kind of crude. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know, here I can. Yeah, I can I can put it in the uh, chat window for you. Oh, okay. The link to the plot synopsis leads to Bertoni's birthday. There message. you go. <laughs> oh, it does. It's like ha- oh, happy birthday, Bertoni. Yeah. It does say happy birthday, Bertoni. How the hell did that happen? Whoops! I gave you the wrong link. You guys. Oh, I see what what happened. I okay, hold on. <laughs> this Brad, will you will you edit this? That's the question. Is the listener hearing this? Or will I edit this? Oh shoot! My, not, not only my birthday, but like my birthday from years ago. My. If I had to guess, I don't think Brad's going to edit shit. All right. Uh, <laughs> if you're hearing this, Brad didn't edit it. Brad did not edit it. All right, JR, there's the correct link. All right. Uh, All right. You, you get it? Uh, it's, uh, I, I clicked on the link, so it's not coming up yet, but... Here, I, here I'll, I'll read the synopsis. You give me a, your thought. Uh, basically, it says, quote, We've always known that Spider-Man's most important battle was, has been within himself. The struggle between the ordinary obligations of Peter Parker and the extraordinary responsibilities of Spider-Man. But in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Peter Parker finds that a greater conflict lies ahead. It's great to be Spider-Man. For Peter Parker, there's no feeling quite like swinging between skyscrapers, embracing being the hero, and spending time with Gwen. But being Spider-Man comes at a price. Only Spider-Man can protect his fellow New Yorkers from the formidable villains that threaten the city. With the emergence of Electro, Peter must confront a foe far more powerful than he. And as his old friend Harry Osborn returns, Peter comes to realize that all of his enemies have one thing in common, which is Oscorp. Take it away, Jr. What do you think? Oh uh, well, I was just thinking that uh, that last uh, that last line, all of them coming from Oscorp, and I just got yeah. this, you know, goosebumps and pimples no, and no. you know, queasy feelings and you know, just all kinds of uh, uh, just positive vibes. I just you know, just just loved it. I mean, it is kind of when you think about it, you know, it's like, oh gr- yeah, right. All the supervillains come from Oscorp. But then again, you know, I mean, that's no that's no uh, more ridiculous than, you know, half, half a dozen guys across the city of New York just randomly stumbling into accidents or getting hit by radiation and becoming supervillains. So they might as well all come from one place anyway. Um, so, uh, but, uh, so I'm pretty, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, jazz me. Yeah, it's probably, the, I bet you they will cut and paste and put that on the back of a DVD box oh, yeah. when they sell oh, the yeah. damn thing. 
All right. I, unless we have any other final thoughts on the trailer, I'm going to move on to the other oh, news. I want to say one last thing about the trailer. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, on my uh, just to show you the impact uh, that uh, it's the trailer's making. Uh, my daughter on her Twitter feed said, "Just saw the Amazing Spider-Man 2 trailer. Oh my gosh, I'm so pumped!" All right, good job. I, I'm Aww. a good. I'm a. I'm a good father. I raised my kids right. Is, did Spencer see it? Did he like it too? Yeah, he he liked it too. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get his opinion on it because uh, I don't. You know, he just he 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 he's he's always moving on to the next thing. But uh, right. the thing is, I think Rachel's got a thing for Andrew Garfield. <laughs> How can you not? He's such a fox. I think most American uh, young girls at this point have a thing for some British actor. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, my mom and I mean, my mom, uh, we were watching the when we first got the DVD of the, the Amazing Spider-Man, and all, all four of us were watching it together, and my wife prefers Andrew Garfield as well, you know, and, and you know, she, and she said, well, Tobey Maguire was too much of a nerd, and Spencer and I just looked at each other, and it was like, well, that's Peter Parker, yeah. you know, and and then of course Rachel came in and said, "Yeah, but Toby Maguire's gross." <laughs> <laughs> Toby yeah. Maguire for the umpteenth time. You're not my type. What with dreamboats like Andrew Garfield around. <laughs> so, all the all that stuff I was saying about Sony, you know, why in the world are they casting a 28 year old guy? Blah 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 blah. Well, it's getting the teen girls in, and I guess that's. What you want. Right. He's doing a great job, let's face it. Yeah, he does a good job. Okay, uh, moving on to other news, Spider-Man-related news. Um, This came out of nowhere, Bertoni. Venom is joining the Guardians of the Galaxy, WTF. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What is that? <laughs> well, the the funny thing about it is is now I couldn't find any articles about when Darkest Hour was first announced, but I seem to remember when it was talked about. I got the impression that it was going to be a crossover with Superior Spider-Man and Venom, the way that the Scarlet Spider book was where you had one part in the Scarlet Spider book and another part in it was I think it was Superior Team Up or it might have been Avenging Spider-Man at that point, because I, I forget which book it was at the time, but I thought it was going to be with both titles. Then once Venom got canceled, and yes, it was canceled. I know we're not allowed to say that because it's not politically correct. Um, <laughs> um, it, Slot started spinning the Darkest Hour thing as, ooh, now that Venom is canceled, you don't know what's going to happen to Flash Thompson. Will he lose the symbiote? Will he die? You know, will Will someone else get the symbiote? Anything could happen, because... He kept on emphasizing, now Flash doesn't have a series to go back to anymore. And then, um, it, right before, yeah, I think it was before Darkest Hour 1 came out, an image um, uh, announcing the new Guardians of the Galaxy team came out, and you see Agent Venom on there. And when I say Agent Venom, I mean Venom in Flash Thompson's, you know, costume yeah. form. Not, you know, big, hulking, tongue-sticking-out teeth Venom. The Venom that's obviously, it's either Flash Thompson or someone looking like him. And Bendis hasn't elaborated or anything yet. So then fans online, I actually got into some arguments on another site over this. Because um, fans were saying, well, now we know what's going to happen in Darkest Hour. And then some Marvel apologists were saying, well, we don't know if that's Flash. Oh, come on. And, and, then, and then I said, okay, we don't know if that's going to be Tony Stark as Iron Man in an upcoming issue. <laughs> it's like, sometimes a chair is just a chair. Um what I said on the message board is this is my theory about what happened. 
Slot decided to use, you know, the cancellation of Venom to kind of promote Darkest Hour a little more, you know, and hype it up. Nothing wrong with that. Then Marvel, yeah, Marvel, then Marvel had other ideas. Marvel decided to, you know, promote this image. They got their wires crossed. It's cool. It's not a sin. You know, Marvel didn't royally screw this up or anything. But some people, they're trying to save face, you know, with this thing. Like, no, 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 no. It could still be, like, trying to bend over backwards about how this could be mystery. And Slot finally responded to someone. um, It was in an interview about Darkest Hour. Someone said, well, now with this Guardians of the Galaxy thing... And then Slot's quote was, I don't have it in front of me, but basically, well, it could be anyone under that costume. They could be just mimicking to honor Flash or the the trick people. So that's where this is at right now. No new information's been released, but I spent the week before Thanksgiving on CVR arguing with people about, like, you know, them pulling theories out of their ear. (laughs) Well, if it was Uh, a different person, that would be the first time... Venom has had a major new host and looked exactly the same as he did before. <laughs> um, who who reads Guardians of the Galaxy? Who picks it up besides myself? I do. I, Anybody? I technically read it, but I'm about like five issues behind. Yeah. Uh, is this going to anybody that doesn't read it? Is this going to encourage you to pick it up? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll pick it up because I'm a Flash Thompson fan, but I haven't re- I, I haven't been, say... picking, been picking up Thunderbolts though. I will yeah. say that I've been uh, as much. I lo- I'm a Bendis fan, you know. I, I enjoy Bendis' I work. I too. I also like Guardians of the Galaxy, but I've been flat out bored with his Guardians of the Galaxy series. Um, and the only thing that's kept me on at the at this particular moment is that it's about to have a crossover with all new X Men, which I read. So I had been thinking that I was probably just going to go to the end of that and then drop Guardians. But now with Venom, I'm thinking about maybe keeping it. That's interesting. I mean, it, he just seems so out of place. Well, that. I mean, they pretty much flat out say in the solicitation that it's going to be a story, a Planet of the Symbiote story. It's like, you know, Ven- the, the symbiote sends him off in a surprising direction. It's going to be the only cosmic thing Venom has please, is, you know, he's from space. Please, I want a decent symbiote origin story. I, I I, I've wanted one since '95, and I was, they, they screwed that. I was one. fine with the origin story that he came out of machine and secret wars. I didn't need more than that. I do. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I to say, in the context that Planet of the Symbiotes was, you know, prison ass, um, yeah. I didn't need that. <laughs> I, I don't I like Flash Thompson in space dating Asgardian goddesses. It's um. I, I preferred, like, the beginning of the Venom series that Rick Remender did, where he was, you know, doing Earth-based, street-level villains. Um, so if I was going to pick a team for him to be on, Guardians of the Galaxy would not be the one that I would pick. Um, and I, and that was one thing about Colin Bunn's run, is that it took Flash in more of a mystic, magical direction. Anyone who's reading Thunderbolts, by the way, is he, are he and Valkyrie still dating? Has not been mentioned at all. He's been, he's been with a woman, actually. She, <laughs> it was, Valkyrie was, I think, in in it or mentioned very, very near the end of the Venom series. They were still dating. I, I have no idea what their status is. Maybe in Fearless Defenders, which I do not read, uh, they talk about it, but I don't know. Also canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, moving on off of that... Um, 
JR, your musical's ending. They're ending the Spider-Man musical in New York. Possibly going to Vegas, huh? Yes, yes. Let us sit and sing, what is it, sing the sad song of kings or whatever. Uh, there'll be no more songs coming out of Spider-Man. Uh, no more songs ta- coming out of uh, Walking Green Vegetables or uh, <laughs> you know, or, or a guy with a Charlie Brown head with wires with bees attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Swarm, right? No, okay. no, Brad, it wouldn't. <laughs> that was Blizzard. <laughs> oh, I got it. My bad. Uh, anyway, I'm upset. I, I mean, I've never been to New York, but that if I did go to New York, that would be one of the things I'd want to go see. I've never been to Vegas well, either. Right, so, buddy, you should have contributed your money while you could. I guess I could. <laughs> one of those answers, like, I, I, you, you knew this wasn't going to last forever, and it's been well, such a turbulent ride. I mean, what what Broadway? Kevin, help me out. What Broadway shows are still going on for years? Like, isn't Phantom of the Opera still going? Cat still going? Uh, Cat closed years ago. Beat that a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know nothing about theater. I feel like there was them. a decent revival of Phantom, but most of it's just it, it's been revivals. I couldn't. I don't think I could name you one like really long running show right now. A lot of what you see is stuff like Book of Mormon and American Idiot that's only a couple years old. Which, it, no, I'm, it, I'm by no means an expert on Broadway either. I've I've never been to New York, and I'm not as into that as some of my friends are. But I was going off of what I you know hear and see from friends and whatnot. Um, that's best I can say. Didn't you go to the New York Comic Con? Yes. Uh, so I was in New York for a total of four days of my life. <laughs> Continuity error. Where is the editor on this? You know. Here's my question about Broadway. What I don't really understand. Uh, when a movie comes out in, in your local theater, you know it has a big opening weekend, then it drops off in week two, week three. How is a Broadway musical able to uh, last years? Uh, it's, it's a, it's a constant – I don't want to say constant renewal, but it's not like it opens worldwide, nationwide, and everybody can go see it all at once. You know, It's one of those things where uh, – People have to go to a certain city to see the thing. You know, if you're in, like you said, if you were ever in Broadway, if you're ever in New York, you would want to go see that show. So you would be somebody that hasn't gotten to see it in the past couple of years that it was out. Um, plus, just the nature of a live performance, it can always be different. These shows can always yeah. evolve. There have been two major versions of this one. Um, so you can kind of feel like you're seeing something different. I know people that every time they go back to New York, they see, they'll see the same show again. They, they enjoy the experience of it, and it's not like there's a DVD. It's the only place they can see it. But they can't stay open in the hopes that I'm going to get my ass out of Missouri and get there. <laughs> Which is why this particular one closed. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm to blame. Brad Douglas was not there. <laughs> I, I, I'm to blame. I did not see it in person. However, um, do you think this show would do good in Vegas? Hmm, I, I thought do. you meant this podcast for a second. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <we're, laughs> I'm flying you all down to Vegas. We're going to be in a show three nights a week. Uh, <laughs> it, it certainly who, seems flashy enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Who wants to be Swarm? <laughs> Not it. <Okay. laughs> Not it either. <laughs> um, George just showed me a clip today, which is that you know I think the yeah. first clip I've seen of anything besides. Spider-Man himself, and it was like the, the faux Green Goblin doing a song oh, yeah. called like "We're All Freaks Here" or something, and he's from just the letter, like letter. Yeah. Yeah. he is he is uh, catwalking down the aisle to some vamping Lady Gaga style music, and 
now introducing Swarm and Craven and the lizard like an alien sticking out of somebody's belly. <laughs> that lizard costume was amazing. Yeah. It is just so remarkably awful. I could not even believe it. Chris, you saw it too. Yeah, it's like a dinosaur like bursting out of someone's chest like from Alien. Yeah. <laughs> dinosaur pants was, was just shockingly terrible. I can't but, even imagine how this got off the ground. The Kirk yeah. Connors thing is, is like looks like like the like was it Beaker from the Muppets? We've lost Jr. Let me try to get Jr. back on his cell phone. Give me one second. Will Brad edit this out? <laughs> Brad edit out. Yeah, that's that's a new segment of the show. Shit, Brad doesn't yeah. edit out. <laughs> Jr. We got you back. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know. I have a, I have a wireless card connecting to my internet connection, and for whatever reason, it dropped. Uh, and, and now it just came back on. But we'll uh, we'll just go with we'll just go with, we'll just go with this until our break. Okay, cool. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, are you totally sad that the musical's ending, Jr.? Uh, you know, uh, I, well, it certainly wasn't unexpected. Uh, yeah. But it, but it's a darn shame. I mean, but but it's it's not. Uh, I mean, like you said, it, it grossed two hundred million dollars and it still lost sixty million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and you right. know, it the, the thing the, the aggravating thing is it, it had it was economically unviable to begin with. Um, I can only you know I can only imagine you know how much money probably. You know, like like on Broadway's probably like movies. A lot of money that gets spent doesn't go on into the show. It goes into somebody's pockets. You know, somebody gets a title or whatever, and they get wrote a big check. You know, and probably you know Bono and and the Ledge were getting big checks for their mediocre music efforts, and probably Julie Tamar was getting a the Ledge. he's taking Andrew Garfield up there on the ledge, wanting to jump like with Bono. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the legend Bono, you know. Bono uh, <laughs> now, okay. <laughs> what I'm to share. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, in you know, like I said, probably Julie Tamar was getting a check to stay away and keep her mouth shut. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I imagine the liability insurance was ungodly and probably went through, you know, if it wasn't already through the roof, probably this yeah. last guy's accident. Um you know, I think Don, Don, have you gotten the book yet to, about the musical? I totally forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm you, sorry. Did you order it, Don? I totally forgot. We, we talked about that like several months ago, and I said, "Of course, I'll buy this book." And I completely forgot about it the moment we talked talking <laughs> about it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my, uh, my brother saw it, so like, I mean, I kind of go because he saw the initial version that they changed eventually, and like he told me about that that. That cockamamie lizard thing, but I had to see it to believe it. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, the you know the, the version I saw, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, but but like I said in my review, the, the songs were just not memorable. You know, I mean, I, I you know when I go to a show, I like to see you know a big powerhouse tune or something, or you know a, a, a girl who you know can bring down the rafters or something. And the music was just kind of middling, and uh, you know and. 
So that that was one strike against the, it anyway. The, the, song, the song Kevin was just making fun of, I think, is actually their best song. Really? Because I, I halfway like expected the Green Goblin to start singing I'm a cheap transvestite at some point. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocky Horror Picture Note yep. Osborne, yeah. Yeah, well, that, uh, that, unfortunately, that wouldn't have been too far out of... Too, uh, too far out of line if he'd done that. Uh, I mean, sure. after all, he did say, thank you, thank you very much. Um, but, <laughs> it, it, you know, the thing is, the script was still kind of half-baked. I mean, it was much better, it was much closer to Spider-Man, but it really did need another pass, uh, you know, yeah. at it. And, uh, really, it's, it's but, you know, the show ran for almost, you know, even though officially it only opened in June 2011, I think it, it had been running, you know, to the public since like October 2010, uh, you know, and really that that's a hell of a run uh, because you know, like for example, uh, Matthew Broderick Kim was just in a revival of uh, I think uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. You know, that lasted I think if it lasted a year, you know, um, that was about it, and it had a 10 million dollar capitalization, and they said that it still didn't make that money back. You know, so, you know, and Scarlett Johansson, in fact, when I was in New York, Scarlett Johansson was in a show, which I didn't go see, obviously, and apparently that lost money. Um, a lot of these shows just don't make money. They're bad investments. Uh, mm. But 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 Spider-Man, I mean, for the most part, it, it, it was successful in just about every way except the one that really mattered the most, and that was money. Yeah. All right. Um Kev, you've got the last news topic of this show. Uh, it's concerning uh, the Rambo writer David Morrell. Talk a bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we all know at this point that uh, Amazing Spider-Man 700.1, 700.2 came out, and um, the content of those was the same as what had just a few months ago been solicited as a new Peter Parker Spider-Man miniseries by David Morrell, which is the same content that had been talked about a couple of years ago as a miniseries called Spider-Man Frozen or Frost or something. I think it was Frozen. Uh, by I thought it was Frost. But either yeah. way, who gives a crap? Um, by David Morrell. <laughs> Point is, Don't be so cold. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a story that David Morrell, writer of Rambo, wrote in 2007. These scripts have been sitting around for some time. Um, and they finally got drawn, and in a new form, they got released. Um, people were pretty receptive to 700.1. Our, uh, our good friend, Zach Joyner, reviewed it very well on our front page. Um, yeah. And then 700.2 came out, like, the next day, because they're just releasing the crap out of these things. And David Moreau went on the Internet like, holy crap. Uh, I read this thing, and they published a bad version. They mixed up. Uh, captions, they doubled captions in some places, they added a bunch of really corny humor that breaks the tone of it, um, which some people have said is trying to make it sound more like Brand New Day Spider-Man, considering this was written in 2007, mm -hmm. and then, you know, big changes happened. Um, so he just, you know, said this was terrible, he had, he had seen this before, years ago, um, and he wrote three pages of corrections on it and sent them to Marvel, and the corrections had not been made. Um, he also said that anybody that got it from his local comic shop um, in Canada, I believe, would get would get the issue plus his three pages of corrections plus a four-page essay from him on how to write comics, um, <laughs> which is just like, damn, man. 
Um, and, and further, he said he, he was, you know, done with comics after this. Uh, yeah, he, he wouldn't be writing any more comics. It's a, it's a fun medium to mess around in, but, you know, he prefers the collaboration in a novel where this would never happen. Um, he also apparently said in the comments, like, cause this is like on his Facebook. So in the comments yeah. of that, like the same day, he did say, don't blame the editors, um, which is Tom Brennan and Steve Wacker. Um, he said, it's not their fault. Somebody pushed the wrong button. And we don't know who did what. It's a corporate thing, he said. Um, and the next day, uh, which is today, I believe, he, uh, he came back saying, okay, you don't need to complain to anybody. I guess his fans were getting up in arms, I'm sure. You know, Marvel fans are probably like, holy crap, what did they do to my comics? Um, <laughs> he said, you don't need to complain to anybody. They know uh, it was the wrong thing, and it's going to be corrected for the collection. Um, which, you know, <laughs> sorry for all you guys that paid $4 for it the first time. Um, but he says, "Me corrected the collection, and he, you know, he said again, it's just you know somebody pushed the wrong button, and they published the wrong version, the former version instead of the corrected version, and it's an unfortunate thing, blah blah blah." But he kind of toned down his whole, "I'm quitting comics," and kind of ended on like, "I've got no ill will, stuff's cool, things happened, whatever." So it's this weird little odyssey over like two days of the, yeah. like, basically the wrong version of a comic got published, and uh, apparently it's just far inferior to what he intended. Although, mm. he claims Marvel is still getting letters um, from people that cried at the end of this issue. Because um, it was bad or they were moved? <laughs> uh, he said <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I, I don't know hardly anything about Mr. Morell. I don't want to make any assumptions, but he sounds like he's got a very high, high opinion of himself from mm. what I've been reading. Because he was talking about how incredibly poignant the first issue was. I mean, man, that's something you're going to say about yourself. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, and then with with number two, it's not about, well, you know, now I'm hearing that people cried at the end, which is exactly what it was supposed to happen. I was I was writing you a, a, a Peter Parker that's authentic and realistic and emotional. I'm like, it just, um, you can back it up a little bit off the self-love there, bro. But <laughs> Let the work speak for itself. Don't let you speak about the work. I know, That's right? Well, so that, that yeah. might be a little bit wrong. But, yeah. You know, and, you know, I, it, it, people are still talking about, you know, is he quitting comics and whatnot? And I would just point out that he's only ever written comics in 2007. Um, he wrote right. a Captain America miniseries, and then he wrote these scripts in 2007. And he's not written any more comics. So when he threatened to quit, it was not a big threat. He quit five years ago, right? Exactly. He was done. He turned, six, he years turned ago. six years ago, yeah. Has anybody read the point two yet? Yes, I, I have. Not I, read I, it. Read it, I read it yesterday. It, did you like one, point one, and, and did two just turn you off, or what's your thoughts? Uh, I didn't read point one. I must have missed it, but like I read, I read, <laughs> right? I read, Jack, <laughs> I read Jack's review, so I was like, huh. So I, you know, I okay. hopped over to my comic shop, and I saw point one and point, or point two and point three, and I read point two and. I gotta say, like, I, honestly, before any of this happened, because Klaus Jansen does the artwork, so it's a bit more grittier than um, you know you might be expecting. It was definitely, in terms of atmosphere and tone, a grounded, you know, kind of like day in the life, hard knuckle Spider-Man story in terms of, like what he was right. dealing with and how he had to push himself against natural unnatural occurrences. Uh, but immediately, like, there were like these like brand new day esque kind of corny jokes because it's Spider-Man that really clashed with the story. And it felt like the di- at times the dialogue and the artwork and like this, the direction the story was going were really at odds. So when he says that like editorial had like these weird jokes that I didn't have in the script, I was like, that's exactly how I felt when I was reading it. 
so I found this actually this actually very interesting and like this all this all happened like like six years ago and like I don't know, I don't know what the hell but um I didn't cry at the end because I don't cry but I thought it was actually <laughs> a, 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 I thought it was I thought it was a good story it the way he talks about how he wanted to write Peter Parker I can definitely see him that trying to get through in the comic that came out whether it did or not is you know your miles may vary but um well I I liked. Uh point one quite a bit I, I kevin last night i gave it an a didn't i i think yeah yeah uh, like, so you know, I, I, I said on our on our uh satellites podcast i didn't pick i didn't skip these because of quality i simply skipped them because they wanted twenty dollars in three weeks on stock stories and i can't be doing that yeah uh, uh any other thoughts on david morrell yeah the, I do. I, I, oh go ahead kevin no, posted, I, I got this <laughs> All right, JR, JR, me then. Chris. Everybody's got an opinion. J- Bertoni, you talked first. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Kevin posted a lot of the quotes relevant to the story because Kevin did a lot of research for this, which is funny because Kevin was actually leading the charge for this not to be a topic, but uh, he wound up putting it together. So bravo to Kevin, everyone. Kevin researches. <laughs> um, and, like, some of the quotes, it was, like, just typical – nobody wants to take responsibility. Like, first of all, Morell later backpedaled because, I'm sorry, he's like, oh, no, no, it's no big deal. If he included an essay and corrections at his local comic shop, at one point he obviously thought that this was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he either later calmed down or somebody encouraged him to, you know, go on the internet and, like, tell people to, you know, not release the dogs. But then there was inconsistent quotes like, oh, nobody knows um, which editor did this which I think is a lie. Um, and then, oh, well, somebody pushed a button accidentally that reverted it. If you don't know who did it, then how do you know that it happened because somebody pushed a button? And it just seems like a typical corporate, you know, thing of, like, nobody wants to take responsibility. So, like, there's a phantom person who did some accident thing, and that stuff kind of bugs me. Um, yeah. I think, But otherwise, I think it, it sounded like... just a phrase, though. I don't think he means literally somebody pushed a button. I think he just means... Somebody, you know, did the wrong techie thing that put the wrong version in. But how do they know that it was the wrong techie thing if they don't know who did it? As uh, opposed I'm to something that's that just what done. he's saying happened because that's all that could have happened. Unless to him. someone I'm not, so, speaking, yeah. I'm not speaking, you know, as myself. I'm saying this is what I think he's trying to say. Right. It reminded me of, of a bunch of DC stories, so it was actually nice to see, you know, this happening <laughs> in the Marvel for once, truth be told. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> JR, what were you wanting to say? Well, I was just going to say, I haven't picked up 700.2 yet, but I did pick up 700.1. And I, I just thought it was the most generic paint-by-number Spider-Man story I had read in a long, long time. Didn't care for it, huh? Not in the slightest. I mean, it, it was like, you know, it, no, I like to say, it was thoroughly generic. I mean, you know, you had Jonas and, you know, something about, oh, Spider-Man's a menace or Pirate in photos or, you know, an Aunt May's in trouble and Spider-Man strings around the city and stuff. It's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's like, <laughs> who wrote this story? A 12-year-old? You know? Um, now, the story was just written 12 years ago. I, you know, no. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I was getting that, you know, impression when he was talking about, you know, how great he is, but... <laughs> it does kind of. It, it never really works out well when somebody that's not a comics writer comes in and is like, "I'm going to show you guys the most realistic and emotional and poignant version of this." Usually, when you're not a comic writer, it turns out somebody's done that before. Yeah. I, I liked it. Um, oh, Chris, you were wanting to say something too, weren't you? Oh, I was just going to say that I think it's kind of 
uh, interesting that there's just somebody in the big faceless corporation of Marvel who's adding random jokes to people. Um, it just so much makes so much makes so much more sense. <laughs> All right, you're in charge of adding more humor to this script. Go. <laughs> Can Marvel this make that person poignant. Chris? Because if Marvel makes that person Chris, then their books would all be awesome. That's true. <laughs>